Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 4, Episode 11, The Standing Eight Count. Written by Zahir McGee and directed by Scott Prince. It aired on January 12th, 2012. Enjoy! Today we have a very special guest host on the pod. You know her as hashtag Science with Sarah, jingle included. Please welcome chemist, forensic toxicologist, PhD candidate, animal rescuer, ice cream expert, and incredible care package maker, my friend and yours. We have the same initials. This is Sarah. Hi. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm I'm here. <laughs> So we don't have a chorus of kittens this time like we did earlier in the season. No, we don't. I I dropped off my most recent litter this morning to be spayed and neutered and to stay and be adopted. I actually haven't checked in a couple hours to see if they have been adopted or not. But yeah, they are all gone. The potatoes. (gasps) They're all gone already? Uh, oh no, that I they're not they're gone from my apartment. Hold on. Oh yeah, they're gone from your apartment. somehow they're not all adopted by the release date i'll put a thing but i feel like yeah i'll put a link to their pages but i feel like they'll be adopted by then so right now they're still listed but to be fair the shelter has been very busy and it would not surprise me at all if they don't actually update them until the close of business today so makes sense yeah good to be busy in in a good way not good to be not good to be busy as an overrun yes no i well they they kind of got a little bit of both right now yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. well there we are (laughs) besides that what else are you reading and or watching right now right now i've been in comfort rewatch mode while i work on things but but since the last time i was on i did actually finally watch some new things Wow. Um, I watched The Last of Us. Uh-huh. And I watched the entirety of Succession. Okay. Yeah. You have quite a few guest hosts to talk about that with. The Last of Us, it took it took me a while to bring myself to to watch it because uh, you know, pandemic vibes. Yeah. But I, I ultimately really liked it. Succession it's fine. Like it, it's fine. It's satire. So, so as long as you, I don't know, are are a um, sound enough mind to realize that it is satire, then it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might get burned at the stake for that, but okay. uh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, bring it on. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was fine. I have a bunch of book audiobooks downloaded and ready to go for uh, some travel I'm doing next week to go see my neurosurgeon. So I will be listening to some new books on my plane rides, which will be nice. It's not Amelia, dear listeners. The neurosurgeon is not Amelia. No, no this guy is, is a real life hero neurosurgeon he, he's he's incredible uh so so i go to see him um i go to see him next week he's my for listeners who have heard me talk about it before he is my neurosurgeon who specializes in my genetic condition um and has literally saved my life more than once now so yeah i'm gonna go back and see him we like him a lot he's the one who convinced me to go back to school yay yeah do you have anything else to promote no, and I don't even have open research studies for anyone to join right now either. So no, not really. 
boring these days. <laughs> I would not say that. You literally just rescued a litter of kittens. I know. And another one in our the last time we episode the last time we episoded the last time <laughs> we recorded. I would not say you're doing nothing. You're one of the most busy people that I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's true. She's blushing, but it's fine. I make everyone blush here. I make everyone blush. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. The listeners can't see me hired. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they could see you if they find you online. So where is that? You can find me on Instagram at sickkidchemist, all one word. Um, I have I have that handle on other things, but I don't really use them. So Instagram is the place to go. Yes. Okay, we have two pieces of listener mail. One is from Allie, who says, what are you going to do when you finish the series? Well, I actually get this question like a lot. <laughs> I haven't even told you. So assuming that the strike is over, the strikes are over. By the time we finish, I really hope they are because (laughs) I would love to have as many of cast, crew, creative team, production staff involved with private practice on to talk about it. Um, But that all, you know, depends on availability and communication. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm obviously not reaching out to them until the strikes are over even. So I know a few of them follow us on socials and have written in, which is humbling and beautiful (laughs) because I started this just to like have fun. And yeah, after that, honestly, like this is so much work and there's not another show that I would want to do that for. Our friends have a Grey's podcast at the On Call Room and they've done it great. So I'm not going to do Grey's. Also, 20 seasons is too many for me doing this all by myself with no yeah no no sponsorship I'm sorry friends (laughs) not happening but I have thought about doing movies that we love so maybe our like crew of guest hosts and past co-hosts maybe like we watch something that is their favorite movie that I've never seen before or it's one of my favorite movies how yeah so I don't know how the name beach houses and babies would work for that but I'm sure that there's either a beach a house or a baby in every movie we'll watch well maybe you watch movies that only have beaches houses and babies (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) but we don't have to we don't have to worry about that till um 2024 so true at the earliest so Mm -hmm. yeah we will yeah that's your answer although not beautifully said I hope it makes sense. If you have suggestions or questions, feel free to keep sending them in. And it's either Mara or Mora says, what have you been watching lately? I know you ask people, but we rarely get to hear what you are watching. That's very sweet. I try to chime in when I can, but I watched Dark on BBC and I really liked that. It's a historical drama, super romance Okay. Not for everyone, but definitely for me. <laughs> okay, cool. I also watched Resilient Isles at the behest of Science with Sarah and our dear listener, Jade. So that's why I was like, wow, is your name Mara or Mora? Are you Mora Isles? I don't know. <laughs> and that was very cute. Very I cute. loved it. Okay. I am 
you know, not well in the head. So I've started watching Law and Order from the beginning. That means season one, 1991. I mean, to be fair, I restarted CSI about a week. No, more than a week ago. Probably like three weeks ago at this point. That's yeah. 12 seasons. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. That's been my comfort rewatch recently. So I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes yeah. those procedurals, man, they're just like. I love procedurals. You know? Yeah. And I've never seen it all the way through, you know, is concurrently, consecutively. I've never seen it consecutively. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yesterday, we saw Ellis Gray. I say we. It was only me. Ellis Gray and – Yeah, but you shared it with us, so, you know. (laughs) I did, yeah. I sent it to Sarah and Jade. Kate Burton and Chandra Wilson, a.k.a. Ellis and Bailey – I saw on Law and Order yesterday from like 1991 or 1992. That was wild. And oh, I just started Agents of Shield, Marvel Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm only on season two. I just started season two. It is like twists and turns and beautiful and wonderful. And it has Ming Wen, who I love. So big fan of that so far. Yeah, listeners, what you don't realize is that. Between Sam and Jade and I, we have a group chat where we just like randomly share screen grabs or videos of whatever we're watching whenever we see an actor or actress that one of us is obsessed with cross into a different show. (laughs) So did you see the one that I sent you guys right before we started recording? Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, it's CSI. I like... I don't know. I guess it's just because the later episodes of CSI, I haven't watched like as many times as I have the old episodes. And so like, I just heard his voice. and was like, hold up. Hold <laughs> up. I think that's my boy, Pedro. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> and sure enough, it was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, mm-hmm. I also watched House. Mm-hmm. I watched it. Yeah. That's, it's yeah. okay if that's all you say about it. That's fine. Yes, I watched it. Okay, cool. um, but Lin-Manuel Miranda has an entire arc on it and I had yeah. no idea mm-hmm. and it's like I forget the exact year but it's either like pre or concurrent within the heights so it was oh that I don't know because I don't know the timeline on in the heights but 2008 then it might have been I think that's concurrent yeah probably pretty sure yeah so in the heights is my favorite musical not that anyone asked but I didn't know that okay good to know oh yeah so yeah Thank you, Allie and Mara, or Mora, for writing. I hope I answered your questions. And yes, thank you. Continue to write in. I love answering. Hooray. Right. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, our patient breakdown for this episode we have Addison Forbes Montgomery, you know. Oh, and first notes and miscellaneous, per usual. And then Addison Montgomery. And then we have Erin with PTSD. We have Dear Erica Warner with hand laceration and gliosarcoma. And then we have Hank Bauer, who is treated with haloperidol. I have my Mason stuff in with Erica. And then I have my paramedic stuff in with Hank Bauer because we don't really know much about Hank Bauer. Yeah. What is your first note, Sarah? My very first note... history of shin kicking what the actual (laughs) is this real and then sam i went on to look it up so would you like to hear about shin kicking please please insert jingle here okay so from wikipedia shin kicking also known as shin digging or purring 
It's purring. Like, yeah, it's purring, as in the one you're thinking of. Cat meow. Purr, purring is a combat sport that involves two contestants attempting to kick each other on the shin in order to force their opponent to the ground. It has been described as an English martial art and originated in England in the early 17th century. That sounds English. I died. I was like, I was looking it up and like surely it was like no i'm gonna find some oblique reference that gets me back to private practice like that's that's <laughs> what it's gonna be no, no 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 it has a whole wikipedia page this is an actual thing <laughs> can't say it's on my radar is it next after pickleball we'll just have to see <laughs> i don't know it could be <laughs> just have to wait and see oh man well thanks for that uh you're welcome shin kicks with sarah <laughs> don't shin kick with sarah please <laughs> we won't thank you my first note is come on powerpoint slideshow transitions like oh slide to the left slide to the right <laughs> choices <laughs> it's very funny i like it, it they didn't even stay on screen long enough for my for me to understand where they were with the exception of like a couple of them it was yeah funny my only other first note is when they're in the kitchen there are six bagels with one tub of cream cheese okay and that's just not gonna fly for me as in that it's not enough not enough okay cream cheese <laughs> that's where my brain went too but i didn't want to assume yeah. oh yes yeah it's not enough cream yeah. cheese yeah i could see that because i i like me a nice good coating of, of schmear on my bagel yeah for oh, sure yeah. you know when oh, yeah. i eat bagels i can't eat bagels i still haven't found a decent gluten-free bagel it's okay yeah i uh wish i could help but it's okay i can remember <laughs> i know other gluten-free things yes they but not bagels yeah not good ones <laughs> no any other first notes uh my other one says awkward porch encounters so oh my god yeah we know who we're talking about there yeah uh, that's that's it for first notes though okay on to addison forbes montgomery mm -hmm. i don't know why she's leaning so far over the couch armrest yeah i have a note that she's gotten very like chill in therapy like yeah she started out so like sitting up straight and prim and proper and like, I'm actually fine, but I thought I should come here. And now she's like gabbing, girl gabbing yeah. the therapist. It's cute. Naomi's not there. She has to vent to someone. Yes, she does. It's not Violet. Yeah, because that doesn't always work out. The, the gabbing with Violet, it still feels weird to me, but we'll, yeah. we'll stay yeah. here on Addison for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because she's leaning so far over... I see that there's a framed photo of a boat with people on it. Is it his boat? I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, I, I don't expect you to have an answer. It's just like kind of weird to me to have a therapist have like a personal photo in their office like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, that I mean, I guess Violet has a picture of Lucas on her desk. Does she really? Facing her patients? No, no, no. It's not patient okay. facing. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it just seemed a little weird to me. It's like, does he specialize in nautical patients? <laughs> sure. Captains. Uh, There's a reason for everything. Oh, the captain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's your first note? For Addison. Uh, <laughs> don't shit where you sleep and eat. <laughs> AKA stop dating your coworkers. <laughs> yeah. That was my first 
my first one about Addison talking to her therapist about how she can't sleep because the bed is half empty and it's because she and Sam broke up. And then that was the first thing that came to my mind was just don't date your coworkers. Just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bad idea. Especially when your coworkers are also your best friend's ex-husband. <laughs> and father of their children and your neighbor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just not. Jumping off of that, my next note is these houses are very close to not be talking to your neighbor. Uh-huh. And one of the things I say multiple times over in my notes about Addison is, Addison, this is stalking. Yeah. <laughs> Addison, this is not respecting boundaries. And I understand that it's difficult because, like you just said, their houses are very close together. But, girl, you got to lock it down. <laughs> like You shouldn't be noticing that his blinds are closed. You shouldn't be noticing what time he came home. Like, I know later when she says, I didn't hear the garage door open. Like, what? Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> This is creepy. Hey, anyone but Addison, we'd be like, Katie Kent, is that you? Uh-huh. I thought it was, I don't know if strange is the right word, but uh, that Addison can't sleep because she misses her support system. Mm-hmm. Although how, you know, stalkerish that she's listening for the doors. But Sam is having violent car hitting body flattening dreams. Okay. Sam, do you want to know where my brain went? Where yes. Sam's talking about flattening her like a cartoon. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. That's what my thought, too. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I think they thought. Uh-huh, I'm sure that's what they thought. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's just interesting. Yeah, that she she's so upset she can't sleep, and he mostly seems okay, but it's his subconscious that's not okay. <laughs> that's having violent fantasies. Yes, oh, exactly. my God. Violet. Violet fantasies. Violent. Violent. Fantasies. Yes, wow. let's not wow. let's not with the violet. We don't need we don't need more more workplace drama, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is jumping ahead a little bit, but um, I don't have a section for them, so it's fine. When Violet and Pete are in the kitchen and they finish each other's sentence, and somebody says, "The next people that decide to date in this office <laughs> should be fired." Fired. Yep, that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. I don't know why I was noticing side tables so much in this episode, but at the end of the episode, when Jake and Addison are in Addison's office, there's a new table. There's not a new table. There's a new photo on the side table in Addison's office, and it's her at the beach with someone else next to her who has a white bucket hat on and is not wearing a shirt, so leads me to believe that their man is Derek. It's pretty far away. I can't tell. It isn't Naomi. Mark, he came to visit her while she's living on the beach. I would like to think that she has a photo of her and Mark on her side yeah, table, but I don't think she either. would do that. No, probably not. I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's her and Archer when he came to visit or something. Having a picture of her brother feels very professional-ish. It, it does, but I don't see Archer wearing a bucket hat unless yeah, he's covering the worms and the brain scars. <laughs> that's well he could be he could he be pretty vain <laughs> yeah. yeah or or it's just a medical necessity sun protection yes yeah i mean it's, it is smart to wear a bucket i mean i wear a bucket hat going to and from my car here in arizona <laughs> yeah and i wear sunscreen yeah every single day 
I put the UV index on the front face of my watch because it's been so high. I have to know what it is before I even like take out the trash. That's smart. Climate change problems. <sighs> yeah. Desert living problems for me, but all <laughs> climate change problems. Yes. Yeah. I really loved Jake in this episode with Ad- with Addison. Every time Jake is with Addison, I heart goes pitter patter. Yes. Like I, I'm seeing your note here and like, I'm so glad that you, you brought up an Addison Jake interaction because I have so many little notes scattered throughout my whole document where I was like, mm, like this is like the way that she like immediately tells him when she sees him in the break room that she and Sam broke up and yeah. the way that like, he was trying to talk to her about like surrogacy and stuff like that. And she looks at him and goes, I'm tired. And he goes, okay. And walked away. Yeah. Like, he like completely just like respected this boundary she laid down and just like pooped. And then like, like your note, when they're like talking about, are you going to surrogate again? What do you want to do? You know? And he just longing looks to each other or falling asleep is what your note <laughs> says. My note, Sam says, Addison is looking at Jake the way she looked at Kareb when she woke up from the toxic patient's blood. And oh, great. you're so right. <laughs> So she is falling asleep and he's like half awake, but also like, I love you, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. So Jake says, I've told women when it's time to throw in the towel and we're not there yet. And the fact that she then goes, you tell all your patients that? And he goes, not all of it. Not all of it. I'm sorry. We're back. We're back again to my love for Benjamin Bratt. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm not wrong. Oh, wait, I should have mentioned this at the top. Amy Brennan-Men is doing a show at the Pasadena Playhouse this fall. It opens tomorrow, and I'm going tomorrow. Oh, oh. I'm very excited. You're going to opening – okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going with guest host Caitlin, whose schedule is busier than mine at the moment. Yeah. And um, so that was the day that we decided to go on – because I didn't want to go on a Saturday because that's a two-show day, and I – wouldn't I don't like two show days myself so I didn't want to go on a two show day and yeah opening night just like happened well that's awesome fourth row okay yeah all right cool well that'll be really fun I'm excited excited. I'll let you know I'm gonna document it a little bit yeah yeah we'll see I'm interested to hear your feedback yeah it's a 90 minute thriller by Adam Rapp okay and 90 minutes no intermission my favorite kind all right wow Well, that sounds neat. I know. I can't wait. I'll let you know. Yes. Yes. You'll Um, have to let your listeners know now, too, because you've told them all about it. Oh, of course. I can't go see Amy Brennanman live and not tell the listeners. Exactly. That would be so rude of me. It would be. My last Addison note is at 37 minutes and 42 seconds, Addison asks Jake to help her find a surrogate in the same outfit that she goes to therapy in. Do we think it's after therapy or before? I think it's before, but are we also to then note that, like, it hasn't happened every single episode where Addison is wearing the same outfit in therapy at the beginning as she has at the end, right? Like, Correct. It's not always the same therapy. Okay. So, like, are we then to believe that this whole episode is, like, uh, she's in therapy and she's flashing back on the last couple days and then she's in therapy again? Like, what? I'm confused. So I personally think it's right after therapy, like directly after, because at the beginning of therapy, she was not seeming super happy. But at the end, 
she was like, I want to have a baby. And I think she directly went from there to Jake's office. I have no okay. I have no evidence for my hypothesis, but it's scientific based, so that's you know No, but I believe your hypothesis way more than mine, so So then I'm thinking that when she's in therapy, she is kind of flashing back to her episode, but only her parts because she doesn't know what happens with everyone else. Yeah. But like it was not the case with, you know, our intervention episode or with our rehab episode. It hasn't been the case for a lot of them, but it was the case with this, I think. Okay. And we rarely see Addison wear purple. And that is a vibrant purple. It is. For it not to be something that we are supposed to understand as part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is if if they didn't want us to notice, they could have picked a much less noticeable outfit. God. Yeah. I I know that made sense, but it sounded sounded like it doesn't make sense coming out of my mouth no it does it's actually they could have stuck to like a business casual beige tweed sleeveless dress and we would have thought Mm -hmm. nothing of it yes yeah yeah and i can believe her like being a busy enough human that she would like go to work go to therapy in the middle of the day and then come back to work oh definitely i I think i think that's how most people do it yeah i think most people do too or do it directly before work or directly after work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any more Addison notes? I was just looking while we were chatting. Oh, my last one is we get one last Addison and Sam on the balcony scene, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam actually speaks to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it because it feels like he's giving her a breadcrumb to make himself feel better. But ultimately, like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, it's just like... I don't know. You can tell he's very uncomfortable talking to her, and yet he's still talking to her. So I'd- Well, just like in the last episode, but he said something like, I'm sorry that that made you feel that way. Or no, he said, I'm sorry for your disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. That's not true apology. No, I want to see Sam's therapy sessions. Yeah, I would love to, but I'm going to guess Sam is not in therapy. You and me both. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I am now on to Aaron with PTSD. Mm-hmm. My first note is a question. Is this part of Sheldon's police outreach? And then it's like kind of answered and kind of not and never was truly answered because, yeah. you know, mid season four, beginning of season four, Sheldon had, I don't know if it's an official contract or something with the police department where he is kind of like the BD Wong from SVU of the LA or Santa Monica police yeah. department. Not sure. Yeah, curious about that. I don't think we're going to find out because of how this ends. But I thought it was funny that Joe is still calling him Shelly. Oh, my God. And that I know that Sheldon hasn't taken the initiative to ask him to say – to ask him to stop calling him Shelly. Well, especially since at one point he's like, we've been friends a long time, Joe. And I'm like, but he calls you Shelly. How are you friends with him? I know. Well, and I don't know if they're friends. Yeah, I don't think they are. No, I think they're like kind of colleagues. Kind, They're like professional acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> what I did like is when Aaron said, I appreciate Joe sending me to someone that he trusts because mm-hmm. I think that that says a lot about Sheldon's um, reputation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you're dying to say something, but before I let you, I really just have to tell you and all of our dear listeners that I uh, couldn't – remember the word for reputation i my brain said responsibility it said 
re-something, re-something. And then my brain said, oh, my God, it's the Black Taylor Swift album. And then I said Reputation. So, Oh, okay. Well, being not a Swiftie. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, y'all. You can I'm, cancel me for that, too. I am not a Swiftie. I, it's a choice people make in their lives, I understand. Yeah, I, I, I am not. I respect her. I do. I respect her. But I'm, I don't like her music. Sorry. <laughs> we'll don't work on that next time. It's don't fine. <laughs> but like, can you imagine if I called you Sarah Bear every day, every time I met you? God. Sarah Bear. Sarah no. Bear. No. The only human who has persistently had a nickname for me since I was a child is my mother. That's fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, she... and the one she has for me is really cute and it doesn't bother me. Um, and I'll, I'll tell the listenership, I don't care. She combines my middle name with my first name. So I'm Sarah Lou. Oh. Yeah. She calls me Sarah Lou. And I, I like it. I think it's cute. <laughs> like, that's fine. Literally, no one else has ever come up with a nickname for me and I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I do not want one. <laughs> like, nope. No, but like just the the amount of disrespect that I would have to have for you in a professional situation. Yeah, especially when it obviously makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. Like Sheldon obviously does not like being called Shelly. And if you're a cop and you're all perceptive and stuff, I'm pretty sure you pick up on that. Is he perceptive? Well, supposedly cops and detectives have all these abilities of reading nonverbal cues, but we'll just leave it there. Uh, this is coming from someone who used to work in law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some of your Aaron notes. I'm basically just like recapping their conversations. Oh, I have this comment about, uh, Aaron, the fact that like, he's actually like really good with his own kids. I know he keeps talking about how messed up he is and and how not well adjusted he is. And it's true. He's not, he's traumatized, but like, in that moment, in that scene we get with his kids, he's really good with his kids. Like, he's really mm-hmm. patient. He's teaching them. He's, like, hanging out with them. So that was kind of heartwarming to me. It's like, okay, you you got all this scuff going on in your brain, but you're still being good to your kids. So thank you for that. That's number one. Number two is a commentary less on the show and more on I would like to give people kind of a real-world view of this. So I worked in forensics for over eight years as a toxicologist. And I know that that means it sounds like I probably didn't see any stuff, but I saw lots of stuff, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. As an intern, I was on crime scenes. And then as a forensic toxicologist, when I would review my casework um, and like release my results and stuff, before I would release my results, I would actually have to go through a whole case from beginning to end. And that includes case photos and interviews with people, um, details about decedents' lives and so on. And never once, not a single time in my entire career or education, did anybody teach me a coping skill, teach me a mechanism to get by, express to me that there was someone I could talk to, express to me that there was like a departmental resource that I could use in over eight years of working. And I mean, I've got a master's level forensics degree and a bachelor's level forensics degree. So seven years of education. Not a single time has anyone offered anything like that to me. So in the real world, I know I'm not a cop and I'm not out there shooting people, but in the real world, we would see traumatizing crap every single day and there were no resources available to us. 
Which is, I think, kind of what Aaron is saying to Sheldon of like, mm-hmm. I can't. This is normal. Yeah, this is normal. This is not the most, I mean, it's awful, mm-hmm. but it is not the most traumatizing thing that's happened to me on the job. Yeah. I can't go home and talk to my wife about this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, this might have been, you know, that the, um, Plate the time that the glass broke per se, yeah. but it is not the first time it has shattered. Yeah, and you you, and it's the same way too, where you like you can't even talk about it at work either. In fact, the most of like interaction you would have with your coworkers is if I was like looking through a really hard case, I might take five minutes to get up from my desk when I'm done and just like walk over to one of my friends' cubicles and stand there and chat with them for a couple minutes just to take like rest. reset my brain. Yeah, and then I would get right back to it. Like, I wouldn't even talk to them about the case. I would literally just go chat about something inane and then come back, you know? And then, yeah, you go home and you can't talk to anybody anybody about it at home because you can't talk about your job. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you the salient details of what I did, you know? So, yeah, yeah it and it all just kind of keeps getting stuff up in there. And he's right. It's normal. Like, it, yeah. it's normal. It's what you're expected to do. There's another podcast that I really like, and I think you like it as well, called Criminal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not – I don't like true crime, especially some of my history with things. I am not a yeah. fan of true crime in the least. But yeah, that's fair. yeah, this isn't true crime. This is taking a look at different aspects of criminality and the justice mm-hmm. system and – you know, death and injuries and everything like that. Yeah, it's true crime, but it's reframed. Yeah, yeah. It's not the true crime of this person was murdered brutally, right. no justice. Let's mm-hmm. pick at them. It's like we're going to look yeah. into this crime as a tool to investigate this other topic. Yes. Yeah. So there's an episode from earlier this year or maybe last year about the jurors from the Boston bombing case. Yeah. And how the court worked really hard to be there for the jurors and be a support for the jurors because they didn't ask to be a part of this. They didn't quote unquote choose this career. They didn't, you know, and courtrooms show those photos that you were talking about and have, you know, detailed testimonies. And so that's a great episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, That was, that was a, it's a very good episode for pretty much anyone to listen to. I don't know why I thought, I think it was because they started out talking about just like juries and jury selection in general. Yeah. And then we got into the, the topic being the Boston marathon. And that, that was a bad episode for me to listen to. Cause listeners, I lived in Boston when that happened and I used to be a marathoner. Uh, and so they started talking about that. And I was like, oh no, I have to stop listening to this now. Uh, <laughs> I had to turn off the rest of the episode because it, it was, it was triggering for me. So yeah, but yeah, well, it's a very, it's a cool, it's a really cool podcast. And that episode, as far as the jury selection goes, it was really interesting, but we got off topic. Sorry. Yeah. Well, not really. Cause we're talking about Aaron still. Yes. That's and true. The psychological ramifications of. Mm-hmm. being any part of the justice system yes i loved when violet said does the police department look like the kind of place where therapy is encouraged <sighs> yeah we appreciate you violet in this moment <laughs> yeah calling her out when she's good calling her out when she's mm-hmm. bad yep yeah aaron talking to sheldon on his back deck mm-hmm. backyard first of all why is sheldon's tie 
so loose. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I don't see him as being the kind of like loose collar, loose tie guy. If- Maybe he loosened it up just to make them more comfortable. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. I was kind of thinking that it was really hot, but then why wouldn't you just like take off the tie and then loosen? But I didn't. Except that I remember seeing steam coming off the mugs, so no. Oh, <laughs> I remember seeing right. it because I was like, oh, it was actually cold out. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there was actually hot liquid in there. <laughs> you are right about the steam. Yeah. And they were really cute mugs also. Good job. Fun fact, I used to have that whole set of dishes from Target. All of the mugs are broken. I have one bowl left and I still have the four dinner plates, <laughs> but I had that whole set. <laughs> Definitely from Target. It was one of those ones that you buy the box and it comes with everything in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one of those. It's great. It is great. <laughs> um, so Aaron says when he was growing up, the cops were just, mm. what did he say? Mean to be mean, something like that. Yeah. And he says, I thought I could be a better cop, a better person than that. And I just thought it was really refreshing to see. And I mean, we see it on TV all the time, I guess, but someone getting into a job to make the world a better place and to make the whatever yeah. system it is work better it from within yeah yeah and then at the end my last note for Aaron until our trivia is when Joe his name is Joe right yeah Joe says none of us are doing well Shelly I said cosign He's not wrong, but also that's a problem. Right. Yeah, no, he's he's not wrong and it is a very big problem. But yes, Sheldon's line should be out the door. That yes, yeah. it should be. <sighs> anything more for our friend Aaron? I do not have anything else just that um I think Sheldon made the right choice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because if he's cleared and he's not ready, which he's not, and he's back on the street, he might get really hurt because he doesn't trust his instincts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, he definitely made the right decision. On to Erica Warner with hand laceration and gliosarcoma. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to your signs to Sarah or does it come later naturally? We'll, co- we'll come into it after we start talking about what happened in the office. Okay, so my first note is laughing that Cooper was so pleasantly surprised that Charlotte can mom. And without being asked to do so. Yes. She goes, I can crack an egg. Yeah. Uh, So my first comment of it is Cooper's saying Pokemon right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to bring it up, but since you did, how do you say it? Pokemon. I don't don't say, I don't accentuate that middle syllable at all. No, but that vowel is much more of the E than the E. Yeah. For me, it's an E. Interesting. Yeah. But that, because to me, it's a vowel in the middle of two consonant heavy syllables. So it's not like a hard vowel anymore. It's a soft one. So Pokemon instead of Pokemon. I don't know. I'm not a linguist. Linguistics with Sarah. (laughs) No, no, let's not do that. No, 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 (laughs) no. This is someone who does not like language. So no. (laughs) Um, I see what I loved is like the whole crack and egg thing with her in my eyes. The way I see it is Charlotte is somebody who can't not be good at something. 
Yes. Like she has to be really good at everything she does. So even though when she first was like, I don't want to be a mom. Now she's like, oh no, I'm a mom and I'm going to be a damn good mom. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cute to me and I love it because I'm also. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love thinking of it that way. (laughs) And their relationship has been great ever since. I mean, the first time I really noticed it was when she and Erica took him to the hospital to see that other kid. Mm-hmm. I love, I love Mason and yeah. Charlotte. Me yeah. Too. But then they're in the kitchen with Amelia and Erica comes in. Yep. And Amelia's super worried from the jump, like the first time. And we have a close up on Erica's hand. <laughs> And I was, I don't know if impressed is the word, but I really liked that Charlotte trusting Amelia's intuition and expertise. Since Amelia has gotten sober and taken control of her health, Charlotte hasn't even had a second guess Mm -hmm. about Amelia and her expertise, any of it. Yeah, and I think think sometimes that's where we get to see Charlotte's own experience with recovering from addiction. Because she she knows not not to like assign Amelia's motivation to like compensating for her recent troubles or like anything like that. She knows to just be like, no, Amelia is just trying to get back to her life and do her job. And I need to just listen to her because she knows mm-hmm. what she's talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she understands that her addiction doesn't subtract from her ability and her expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised that she called and lied about that, though, about Erica being in the ER. And I really hope that no one charges insurance for any of that. I kind of want to smack her for not giving a fake name. <laughs> like, come oh, on. yeah. Than that. Come on. Or at least the name of another doctor or something. Like, don't give them whatever. <laughs> My name's Dr. Violet Turner. <laughs> like, she's already gotten her license suspended. It's fine. <laughs> another, another little check mark. Nothing. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of surprised too, but also I think that we were seeing Charlotte's mama bear kick in because she was like, mm-hmm. well, in her head, this is about Mason. Yes. You know what I mean? Like she has decided this isn't about Erica. This is about Mason. Yeah, and that's what I think makes her do this is when she says, yeah. when Amelia says very graphically what happens when Erica has a seizure and yep. flies off the side of the PCH with Mason. Like that is what – and dear listeners, if you're not familiar, the PCH is the highway on the side of a cliff for most of the time, like the edge of California. Pacific Coast Highway, right? Yeah, Pacific Coast Highway, also known as the one. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that is that's not just like a normal highway that is like off a cliff into the ocean. Yes. Yeah. Not good. Ooh, no. So when Cooper is again laying down on the couch, he's consistently laying down on the couch in offices this season. <laughs> Seems great. Yeah. I think it's the next morning because they're both wearing different outfits. I yeah. even rewound to see. But I feel like Cooper might still be drunk or is he just like being silly? I think he's hungover. <laughs> Strange. Because weren't the boys out the night before? Yeah, but I don't know. I think he's hungover. Cooper strikes me as someone who does not hold his alcohol well. Well, yeah. Okay, so Charlotte is talking about getting partitions for the loft. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is going to be a really deep cut, but people might appreciate it. Partitions in the loft, like there's some 22-year-olds living in a flex one-bedroom in Murray Hill. 
Like they are like, I don't know, mid thirties, late thirties, mm-hmm. successful doctors, and Charlotte mm-hmm. has more than two jobs. Mm-hmm. Like they can afford more than a studio, even yeah. in Santa Monica. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, they can afford it. Just get a new place. So is it possible that they just didn't want to pay for a new set? Oh, definitely. That's what okay, this has cool. been the whole time. This is production. This is on okay, production. Cool. That's kind of what I figured. Because otherwise, like, I can't think of a, a world in which this actually makes sense. Like, yeah, fine. But if, like, they, if they weren't successful doctors, if they were people like you and I, who are millennials, who will never be able to afford a home ever, yeah. uh, <laughs> then maybe fine. But like, that's not what they are. No, and I also so I it, the whole time it has been production. I'm well aware of that. But they can do what they've done on other shows. So like specifically, I know we're all Grey's fans here. So Charlotte and Cooper live in this studio, right? Yes. They can easily move, and Amelia can live there because we still don't know where Amelia lives. True. Or Sheldon can live there because we don't know where Sheldon lives. Or if Sam and Addison decide they don't want to be next to each other anymore, one of them can move there. It would be a downsize. Yeah. I don't see Addison moving. Maybe Sam would. I don't know. But we've seen it before when Callie and Christina lived together. Mm-hmm. Christina moved out. Arizona moved in. Yes. And then Mark, across, Mark moved in across the hall. Across the hall. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can they can afford a bigger place. Yes, they can. It's weird. All that to say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hear your signs with Sarah real bad, but my last mm-hmm. note for this is Mason is a better speller than I am. <laughs> okay good speller my my note about that is these words that mason is trying to spell do not seem like his grade level they seem way too no easy. <laughs> like what the heck but that's okay i also see your note in here about whether erica knew about her so let's get yeah. into the, the erica and what she has of it all i guess yeah my question was answered but I said, did Erica know about this? No way they took MRIs and didn't tell her. Mm -hmm. And so she would know that something is wrong. I don't know. But then I remembered. Yeah. Yeah, they told her. She just didn't tell anyone else. Didn't tell anyone else. Uh, Which I get. Science with Sarah. We get a couple of little things about this type of tumor peppered in through the episode, but not like a ton. So the type of brain tumor that Erica has been diagnosed with it is a gliosarcoma. So gliosarcomas are like pretty awful cancers to have. They have a survival rate of between four and 18 months after they are diagnosed. Mm. It is basically impossible to cure someone of them. In fact, no one has been cured of a gliosarcoma, just prolonged life. So first, let's we'll break it down a little bit. Um, Can I ask a question before you start? Yeah, what's up? Is that because it's something similar to like ovarian cancer where it's hard to detect early or it's just the type of cancer that it is is not good or both? It's the type of cancer that it is. Detecting it, well, it can be a detection problem a little bit for one of the reasons that Amelia actually mentions, you know, when she was talking to Erica, she was giving her stitches and and she was like, oh, I have my own doctor. Erica said that. And Amelia was like, yeah, but they haven't probably given you a full neuro workup like I could. So that's one of the ways that it could be dangerous, right? Because you just don't necessarily detect it unless you know what to look for. But the thing that's more dangerous about it is just the like 
the etiology of a gliosarcoma. So before I kind of get into that, let's, <laughs> we've been talking about linguistics and words all day, uh, but here we are again. So Kinzer has a very like nice, neat nomenclature system, like naming system. And so whenever you see, there's like generally four big types of cancer. There's leukemias, which is cancer of the blood, lymphomas, which are obviously cancer of the lymphatic system. And then there's carcinomas and sarcomas or like your tumor type cancers. Carcinomas originate from skin or epithelial cells, which epithelial cells are skin. They're just also on the inside of your body because, you know, we all learned that fun fact when we were in school, like when we learned anatomy the first time, it's like, oh, you have skin on the inside too. Because <laughs> like, you do. So those are epithelial cells. So carcinomas come from your skin or the epithelial cells on the inside. And sarcomas come from like soft tissue cells. Um, so a gliosarcoma is a sarcoma. It comes from soft tissue cells. The other nice neat naming convention that comes with like cancer is once you know if it's a carcinoma or a sarcoma, you can know its location just by what the prefix is on the front. So this is gliosarcoma. Glio is for glial, which is a type of nervous cell. So it's in the brain or spinal cord. It is a primary central nervous system tumor. So it starts in the brain or spinal cord. And like Amelia says, if the cells break off and get into other systems, they can cause more tumor formation really rapidly Um, because glial cells are like, they provide structure to the brain. Um, So they're, they're a structural type cell. So it's not hard for them to get around and infiltrate into another structural type cell and, and then cause more tumor growth. It's kind of upsetting. And awful gliosarcomas are really quite are really quite terrible. They're really difficult to treat because of the way that they grow. So like with a carcinoma, they usually like form little solid masses. And so you can just like cut them out. Like you just cut them out and take them out. But with sarcomas and particularly gliosarcomas that are all about like infiltrating cells that provide structure, they like spread out. They don't usually have very like clean tumor margins. So you end up having to take a whole lot of healthy tissue with it, which makes a lot of them inoperable, especially in the brain and in the spinal cord. Um, Cause you know, you start cutting out chunks of brain, it's not going to go over so well. Mm-hmm. And it also then limits the type of chemo and radiation you can do too, obviously. Glial cells are structural support cells, like I mentioned, but they also have really important functions aside aside from like just structure. They also regulate neurotransmission, so like nerve transduction, so nerve signals. So that's why she's having things like tremors, like you saw her mm-hmm. little her little hand twitch thing, or like Amelia mentioned that one of her pupils was lagging when she like shone the light in her eyes. One of them was lagging behind the other. Um, So that's like nerve conduction and nerve signal transmission. And then they also help form what's called the blood-brain barrier, which is a protective barrier from your blood vessels into your brain tissue. And if it is not, if it doesn't have the integrity that it should, then you are a lot more susceptible to things from the outside world getting into the brain and causing problems. So like environmental contaminants that you're exposed to, chemicals that you're exposed to, infections, so on. Um, and also things that are throughout your body that aren't supposed to be in your brain in the first place, because there are lots of different compounds and structures and different cell types and stuff that are kept out of your brain on purpose. And then my last little fun fact I have 
for my friends who are Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans. I mentioned this to Sam off off recording. In Buffy, her mom ends up having a brain tumor, and it's an oligodendrocyte, which is a type of gliosarcoma. So Erica and Buffy's mom, Joyce, had similar brain tumors. So there you go. I think that's all I have for Science with Sarah. Oh, and I should follow up all of this with, I know that Sam always talks about how I'm getting my PhD in pharmacology and toxicology, and I used to be a forensic toxicologist, and all of that is true. So you're probably like, wow, why in the world does Sarah even think she knows anything about cancer? But (laughs) so the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy ranks uh, sixth in the country for research funding, and about 70% of that research funding that we get is actually for cancer research. Um, So we do a lot of cancer research and cancer etiology and cancer treatments at the University of Arizona. So I learned all about it in my classes. I don't think anyone was doubting your brilliantness. I know, but I always always like to caveat where my knowledge comes from because there are so many people out there who pretend to have expertise in different scientific areas so that they can make money and, and it's uncomfortable, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I like to be upfront. But it's just it's just me trying to combat things that the yeah. very small minority of bad scientists do. Well, yeah, I mean, media literacy is very important. So yes, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's your science with Sarah. Dear listeners, if you don't know what media literacy is, it's just making sure that the sources that you're using for your knowledge and your news are know what they're saying essentially. So uh, look at legitimate. yeah, legitimate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, look that up and have fun and uh, proceed with caution in your news and media learning. Always. Yes. Well, thank you for that. I loved that. I learned a lot. I knew about lymphoma and leukemia, but I didn't know about the other two. Mm-hmm. I just thought all the omas were like the same. No. And, and some places have slightly different like nomenclature systems. Like I think in Britain, they technically have five classes of cancer, but Generally speaking, there it's those four. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Science with Sarah. We're going to move on to Hank Bauer, treated with haloperidol. But really, I have stuff about the paramedic. Mm-hmm. What's your first note? <laughs> Violet has a very calming voice. I guess that's technically actually Amy Brenneman's voice, but <laughs> very calming voice. <laughs> I found myself rather enraptured when she was trying to calm him down. I was like, yeah, I could listen to this. This is fine with me. (laughs) Yeah. I also, I didn't write it down, but I loved that Pete was like in the room working on another patient. And as soon as he got the whiff that Violet might be in danger, he stopped what he was doing. Yes, that was nice. I also really just enjoyed that Violet, I don't know, she was very good with this patient, like getting this patient to like, take his meds himself and drink the water himself and not force it on him and getting everybody to calm down. Like that's just so important for like future treatment and stuff. Cause she's like building that, the trust right off the bat. So. Yeah. Yeah. When she's good, she's really good. Yes, for sure. And when she's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the paramedic asks her out and like compliments her professional skills. And I said, go out with him, Violet. Say yes. Yeah. And then she says no. But later, she asks him out. 
Yes. Which made me happy. It was cute. Especially the joke back and forth about, was that patronizing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was cute. It was, it was good. He's 29. He baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. And baby. when they're in the truck on, they're like pretty much, they're like right under the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. And they're looking over LA and it's a gorgeous shoot location. But the smog is smogging and they're trying so hard to cover that up. But the smog is smogging. Yeah, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I know. I didn't even care because it was beautiful. Can we also just talk about, like, it is a date I would have enjoyed. But were they trying to frame it as being, like, childish? In the back of his Jeep with his, like, flower-covered seats and, like, you saw the seats, right? They were, like, red. With oh, of course. Hawaiian flowers. Okay, yeah. Like, were they trying to make him seem, like, really, like, young? Um, and like, this is the date he took her on. They're having a picnic in the back of his Jeep. Well, he said he had like an hour. Oh, no, he said he needed an hour. Yes. Um, I don't think it is childish. I think that they were trying to show that like they're not starting off going to a steakhouse or the opera. I think yeah, okay. that they were showing it's like a different kind of date, but still based in, uh, you know, emotional intimacy. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's what I think. But also, I can totally see Pete driving that truck like five years ago. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He just got back from Doctors Without Borders. Uh He's like, I'll drive this. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have about Hank. And Yeah, I don't really have much else other than that. I only have miscellaneous left. With a little bit of boys' night in there, but mostly miscellaneous. Yeah. I just wish that Addison would have been able to get to know Ryan without the drugs interfering because I think they would have gotten along. And I kind of think, besides the fact that, like, Amelia was high and he's hot, that, like, I think that their deeper connection came from the fact that Ryan was a lot like Addison in a lot of ways of like coming from wealth and privilege and not feeling like he was good enough. And so he turned to drugs Mm -hmm. and she just, you know, medicine her way to the, to the top of the world. Yeah. It's, it's like in, um, and I don't know, I don't know if I've, I've talked about this on, I feel like I have, because I'm always like, it's my trauma showing and not, not the show. In the world of adult child of alcoholics, of which I am one, there are like general like personality types that people tend to fall into as adult childs. And like one of them is the perfectionist. So that would be Addison. And one of them is like the screw up. So that would be Ryan, where you're like trying to get attention through being perfect, or you're trying to get attention through doing all the same things your parents did, and they got attention. So why aren't you getting it too? You know, so like... Mm. It's kind of the, the two sides of the same coin. And, and I totally could have seen that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can also definitely see Busy and or the captain both being alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm pretty sure they were both alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to joke about something like that, but but I'm pretty sure they both were. <laughs> yeah. Most people in their generation were. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. They yeah. just weren't recognized yeah. as such. Yes. E- exactly. Um, well, on the topic of Addison and miscellaneous, it she's not even in the scene, but it's when the boys are dishing in Jake's office before they decide they're going to go get drinks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like Sam is trying to ask Jake if Addison is still going to have a baby and Jake's like, nope, you got to go talk to her. And I was like, yes, thank oh. you, Jake. 
thank you, respectful man who's like, no, 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 no. I ain't giving you this information. You got to go to the source. I'm not doing yeah. this. <laughs> I was kind like shocked is the wrong word, but I, I was appalled that Sam asked that. Yeah, that was gross. Okay, now moving on to boys night. <laughs> yeah. First note, boys night never, never ends well. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to point out that boys night, the only one who really has game is Jake. Yep. Pete kind of has game in his I'm damaged way. Sam is just a nerd. And like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love the nerds, but he just is a nerd. Like, he just is a nerd. He has no game. And then Cooper's just like odd and cute. Like, that's his game. And He's married. And, and married, obviously. But like, odd and cute. Sam is so awkward. And just like, uh, what else? Let's see. Sam is awkward. Pete plays damaged goods, traumatized man. Cooper is <laughs> odd. Sam is a nerd. Woman who is in town for a conference, but she's picking Pete up. Uh, she, yeah. She did. She picks Pete up. Personally, I really love women who are forward like that. Like, yeah. That's right, honey. You, you do it. You get exactly what you want to get. Good for you. Um, the elevator... The elevator scene was a little risque for private practice on primetime television. I'm all for it, but on primetime? I said the security guard watching those surveillance tapes in that hotel (laughs) is getting quite the show. Yeah, you're right. Although, if he works at a hotel in LA, that's like working at a hotel in Vegas. You've kind of seen it all, right? Like, probably is pretty old hat at that point. Unless he's literally old and he's like, wait a minute. Yeah, unless not like the old days. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Sam and this woman that he's with, I feel like they could be good together because they're communicating so honestly. But then I don't know if they're communicating so honestly because it's a short term thing. Yeah, (laughs) I love when Sam literally says, like, when they're doing the muscle thing, he goes, "It felt weird coming out of my mouth." Yes, (laughs) multiple times he says that. Sam has no filter. Cool, got it. Great. That's part of what is making him so dirty. All right, I love this for him. This is great. And and it continues the next morning, and it's not nerd having no filter. It's you are spewing your emotions everywhere having no filter. So, like, right now you need rebound checks, and that's it. <laughs> like, you need to lock that whole emotional thing down and go see a therapist because you don't need to be spilling this much to your your flavor of the night like no 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 no. nope oh man yeah also it bothered me when sam was like she was like oh are you stuck on your ex or whatever and he was like no i'm not stuck on her she's stuck in my head but i'm not stuck on her and i'm like you're stuck on her sam well he's not in therapy so like just whatever (laughs) If, if he were in therapy, he would know how to verbalize that. Right, yes. Sam's date keeps asking if he's married, but I feel like Pete's lady is married. Yeah, I mean, she definitely could be. Yeah, just my little thoughts. Afterwards, yeah. Violet gives Pete her blessing, quote unquote, to date other people, and then she goes in her office and sobs. Yeah, that... But can we just for a moment recognize the growth that violet didn't just blow up on pete about it she instead was like oh number one you probably should have done this to start with defined what your separation meant number two he has defined it and now instead of dumping all your crap on him about it 
you've walked away and done it by yourself. Look at you go. <laughs> like, good job. Is this a Violet Turner fan podcast? No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. This episode is fluke. <laughs> this just this chunk of episodes is a fluke. Yes. Yes. This chunk of episodes yeah. is fluke. And my last note is just once, just one simple time, I would like them to end a scene saying something like, I've got patience, or let's talk at lunch, or something to show that they are doctors seeing patients. To make us believe that they're actually doctors who see patients? Yes, that would be great. Yeah. 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 And don't cancel on them. Yeah. Yeah, please don't do that. Okay, no more stray notes. Nope. Sam's style is Charlotte. At the end, when they're back in their studio apartment, when they could afford something much larger, she has a tan <laughs> and beige striped sweater with jeans and black Converse. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really see Charlotte in Converse's. Like, my eyes see it, but I don't really believe it. And I also don't see them wearing shoes inside the house. But yeah. I like that tan and beige striped sweater. I know that tan and beige are the same thing. But if you look up a photo, it's a tan and beige striped sweater. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> that wide stripe was very big in mm-hmm. 2012, 2011. Yeah. Yes, it was. Who's our guest star spotlight? Our guest star spotlight is Stephen Amell, who is the actor playing Scott, the paramedic. Uh, He is a Canadian actor, and he is most well-known for playing Oliver Queen in Green Arrow. He did that for like eight years. So he was born May 8th, 1981 in Toronto. He's actually done some professional wrestling on WWE, which is fun. (laughs) Um, And he co-owns a winery in Washington. State or D.C.? State. Oh, wow. Uh, And some of his other credits include Heels, Supergirl, New Girl, 90210, CSI Vegas, CSI Miami, NCIS LA, Vampire Diaries, Heartland, Blue Mountain State. Uh, He's done a lot of different stuff. Wow. And perhaps we shall see more of him. Yeah, maybe. Sounds like the date went well. Yeah. Thank you for our guest star spotlight. Trivia for this episode. This episode scored 6.55 million viewers considerably less than our last episode this episode's title originated from the term standing eighth count which is a boxing judgment call made by a referee during a bout so that's even more interesting that our friend paramedic was in the wwe oh my gosh okay fun (laughs) right goof sam says his date is touching his transverse abdominus but that muscle lies, in fact, in the deepest layer of the abdominal muscles. So she is, in fact, touching the obliquus externus abdominis. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Or maybe he just maybe he just felt it deep in his soul. <laughs> deep in the abdominus. She really dug her fingers in there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> just like splitting the muscle. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Really long, sharp nails that yeah, cough totally. into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edwin Martel Basil Hodge, who plays Aaron, also plays Greg Stanton in Grey's Anatomy. This is season three. His fiance is pregnant with twins, but it turns out that he's only the father of one of the babies because she has two uteruses and cheated on him. Hammer eggs. <laughs> Hammer eggs. The ham or the eggs. <laughs> 
I love that <laughs> storyline. That's this guy. Yeah. And he also played Malcolm on a show called Good Sam that I loved. It was a one series show from last year starring Sophia Bush. I loved it. You watched it, right? No, I didn't. But I wanted to. It's, it's on streaming CBS, somewhere. Oh, so it's yeah, it's probably Paramount Plus. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Which I have access to, so maybe I'll go watch it. But. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you'd enjoy I mean, I don't remember how the medicine stacked up, if it's, you know. But um, there's an episode with all three of the drama queens on it mm-hmm. from One Tree Hill. Yeah. So, and he he has a big part. Aaron has a big part. So Cool. Can we hear any of Sarah's suspicions? I know you know, but is there anything you want to – that you um, maybe don't remember? Well – because I don't remember the exact timeline of events. I can I can suspect some things about some people. Okay. As always, curious to see what's happening with Sheldon because I feel like he we just don't get him enough. We just don't get yep. him. I would really love for Sheldon to, to get a human. I would love for Sheldon to get a human soon. And then um, interested to see how the Addison surrogacy whatever stuff plays out because again I know what happens but I don't remember exactly when everything happened so we'll just have to watch and see I guess that's all I have for now suspicions are never fun for me because I know (laughs) I ultimately know all the end game (laughs) I guess maybe it should be Sarah's sorcery or something because you in fact know <laughs> yeah, but then that's no fun because I can't even tell you my my like predictions and pretend like I didn't know all along because then I'd I know you know like, it's, it's no fun either way. <laughs> when you said you would like Sheldon to get a human, it made yeah. me think that this series could really benefit from a therapy dog. Oh yeah. So I could see Sheldon with like a Havanese or like some sort of little terrier mix. I feel like he'd be into animal rescue. Yeah. A therapy dog in their office would go well, I think. I don't know if a terrier mix would be good for Sheldon. Sheldon strikes me as he would, he needs a like lazy chill dog because he's, he's so like giving to everybody all the time that he needs something that's really easy for him to like look after. (laughs) Like a Ruthie. (laughs) Like, like I'm thinking like a big old dopey Great Dane. Oh, or like a Newfie. Or a big old dopey Newfie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newfoundland. Just like chill, snuggly, hangs out, does what you do. Yeah. Potato. I mean, my, my pit bull's a potato, but not all pit bulls are potatoes. My, my, my pit bull just wants to do whatever I'm doing. Whether we are potatoing or hiking or playing with chaos creatures. Oh, he's so sweet. Okay, ratings and MVPs. Let's do MVPs first. I pick Charlotte. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pick Charlotte. <laughs> I pick Charlotte. Because uh, she's like really stepping up to mom for Mason, which I love. But like, it's cool because she's doing it, but not trouncing on Erica's toes. Like she's being like very respectful. She's she's juggling it very nicely. I'm precluding the HIPAA violation for the moment. Okay. Like, because <laughs> that, that part was bad. Um, but even that part has some good thing because she's mama bearing, right? Like she yeah. wants to make sure that, that Mason is prepared and everything for like what's going to happen to his mom. And and she, the breaking of the rules and Cooper. was bad. The, the breaking of the rules was bad. But she had good intentions. And she also like, she just takes good care of Cooper. Like she turned off his alarm so he could sleep in after he stayed up too late watching Pokemon with his kid. 
And like yeah. when they were laying on the couch in the office and he was like sad because all the guys got more attention than he did at the bar. She reassured him, you know, like she's doing a good job. Charlotte's just, she's had a rough time and she's doing great. You know, we just gotta, she's my MVP. Love that. What you got? Mine is Addison for being honest with herself and honest with others. Okay. I was gonna give it to Amelia for spotting that tumor simply from a hand tremor, but she got it last week, so I have to share the love. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. It's very nice of you. <laughs> All right, ratings. I'll do mine first and it might spark something in you. Okay. A confusing sky on the beach. It looks like a storm in one direction and you should get out of there, but the other side is clear and the wind, you don't know what way it's going to take it. Do you plan outdoor activities? Take chance. Risky. Yeah. No, I get it. I can see yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. I feel like that applies to everyone right now. Yeah. Mine's going to be kind of similar. You did. You did. You spurred something. Flying a kite on the beach mm-hmm. on like a super windy day. Because it's like, yeah, this is fun and exhilarating and cool, but also like it could get snatched out of your hand any second and you could lose it. And hit someone in the head. Or like the wind could get really heavy and you like want to keep it up there because it's fun, but also you don't want to have to hold it. So then you're trying to like figure out how to tie it down to something and like still keep it afloat, but not deal with it. Um, Yeah. That's that's all I got. (laughs) It's a lot of the wind can shift anyway and either ruin or push something along right now. I think that's what our ratings are saying. Everything is in flux. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Yeah. Excited. That's fun. Yeah. Um, okay, credits. You didn't say it funny. Credits? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHABpodcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on Instagram. And you can follow me at at SickKidChemist on Instagram. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show, and we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a member of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 5, Episode 12. They're available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. When and if SAG and WGA call for a streaming boycott, we will let you know. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT.